Support for IPR comes from Orchestra Iowa, presenting the movie E.T., the extraterrestrial on the big screen, accompanied by the symphony orchestra performing the score live, May 3rd and 4th at 7.30 at the Paramount. Tickets at orchestraiowa.com. Today is Friday. It is the 23rd of December. This is Here First from IPR News. I'm Clay Masters. The Iowa Department of Transportation is reporting dangerous road conditions persist because of freezing temperatures and blowing snow across the state. IPR's Kendall Crawford has the latest. There's already been some major traffic incidents in eastern Iowa, according to Winter Operations Administrator Craig Bargfried. He says slick conditions are likely to continue into Saturday. We have a large number of counties that we have towing restrictions on, so if folks are out traveling right now, and they do get stranded. Unfortunately, we we may be able to uh, get emergency help out to them, but as far as getting their vehicle out of the ditch or wherever it's stuck, uh, that's probably not going to happen today. More than a third of Iowa counties are under a tow ban. Bargfried says temperatures will have to warm before the DOT can properly treat the roads. Airlines that take off from the Des Moines International Airport are warning travelers that extreme cold and strong winds may continue to disrupt flights over the next several days. Yesterday, nearly 30 percent of the flights out of Des Moines had been canceled and another 18 percent were delayed. That's according to the website FlightAware, which collects flight data. More than 30 flights going either to or from the eastern Iowa airport in Cedar Rapids were canceled yesterday. Airport officials recommend travelers look for flight status updates directly from the airlines and allow plenty of time to reach their flights. Healthcare facilities and pharmacies are reporting shortages of antibiotic medication like amoxicillin. We learn more from IPR's Natalie Krebs. The shortage comes as hospitals are reporting high levels of kids sick with viral infections like the flu and RSV. Amoxicillin is an antibiotic used to treat things like ear, sinus, and upper respiratory infections. It doesn't work on viruses. Brian Benson is the executive director of pharmacy for Unity Point Des Moines. He says they're being careful to make sure they're saving the medication for bacterial infections. We're not trying to not get drugs or, or, or not treat patients. It's really, you know, we're, we're making the, the best decisions we can based on, you know, the, the bug, if you will, that's causing the infection. And we're really trying to make sure that we, we have things on hand for patients that really need it. Benson says parents can help prevent the spread of all infections by keeping kids home when they are sick. The four Iowans who will be serving in the U.S. House next year all back California Congressman Kevin McCarthy's bid for House Speaker. A few Republicans say they won't vote for McCarthy and their opposition currently blocks his ability to win the speakership next month. For example, Congresswoman Ashley Henson of Marion says McCarthy has put in the work to secure a GOP majority in the House. Iowa U.S. Representatives Marionette Miller-Meeks, Randy Feenstra and Congressman-elect Zach Nunn all support McCarthy for the job. And Iowa Democrat Michael Fitzgerald has little good to say about the state's Democratic Party. In an interview that aired on IPR yesterday, he says the party's performance in 2022 shows a lack of focus on its own candidates. IPR's Zachary Orrin-Smith has the details. Iowa's outgoing state treasurer has served the state since 1983. When asked why he came up short this year, Democrat Michael Fitzgerald said his own party's, quote, scattershot approach hurt its candidates' chances. He says perhaps the party was too busy worrying about the Iowa caucuses or getting a new organizing arm off the ground. 
Now that the Iowa Democratic caucuses have lost its first-in-the-nation status, he said it's time for the party to double down on supporting its statewide candidates. What is the party going to do? I think they need to be more focused and uh, uh, designed to help candidates get Democrat message out there of what we want to do, you know, fund education and clean up our water, things like that. He made his comments Thursday on IPR's River to River. It's here first from IPR News. Support for IPR comes from The Healing Room at Upstream Functional Medicine, offering medical spa services that support the body's natural ability to detoxify from environmental challenges. Learn more about The Healing Room at upstreamfm.com. Americans eat more than 7.5 million pounds of chestnuts every year. Most are imported, yet they could easily be grown in the Midwest. In this story that first aired last year, Harvest Public Media's Jonathan All reports chestnuts are a growth industry in the region. Bill Stouffer is driving around his farm near Tipton in central Missouri. He spent decades growing corn and soybeans here. About 10 years ago, he wanted to find a way to make his farm smaller and still profitable, so he could leave his kids some of the land that had been in his family for more than 200 years. And for it not to be a burden for them. And we, so we were looking for a crop that would give high yield per acre uh, and let them make a choice whether they want to manage it or they want to hire management done. But have, have the farm be able to support itself and, be, and continue in the family for uh, years to come. So Stover planted 20 acres of chestnut trees in 2009. About three years later, the nuts started to come. Chestnuts grow in spiky burrs and open up in mid-September, dropping the nuts on the ground. Stover says when that starts happening, it's a quick turnaround to get them to customers. Generally speaking, they start dropping nuts on the 20th. And uh, so we opened up our website on the 22nd. In, in four five hours, we we had over 100 orders. Uh, I mean, there's tremendous demand for chestnuts. Stouffer's family and a few hired high school students can harvest the chestnuts using little wire cages on the end of a stick. The nuts don't require a lot of processing. The Stouffer's can clean, sort, and package the chestnuts in a couple rooms in their barn. The family set up an online store where the nuts go for about $6 a pound and sell out every year. That demand is drawing more people to chestnut farming. The USDA says the number of chestnut farms in the U.S. increased from 591 in 2012 to 841 in 2017. Mike Gold is with the University of Missouri's Center for Agroforestry. Even with a three- to five-year period waiting for new trees to produce nuts, he says chestnut demand is high enough to accommodate more farmers. We also do market surveys of the membership, and we find that prices are very high, demands exceeding supply, Everybody sells out within a couple of weeks, so all needles are pointing in the right direction. The Chestnut Growers of America says the U.S. has 2,500 acres of chestnut farms. It would take more than 10,000 acres just to make up for what's imported every year. Gold says chestnuts also benefit small farmers because of the boutique nature of the crop. The preference for buy local is powerful, so somebody would much prefer to buy a Missouri chestnut if they're from Missouri than, say, a California chestnut and very much more than a, a European or Asian one. Also, our quality is better because they don't, they don't lose any quality in shipping. And there may be room for even more demand. Chestnuts are literally roasting on an open fire at the Missouri Chestnut Roast Festival at the University of Missouri Research Farm in New Franklin. 
Hundreds of people came out to taste chestnuts and get recipes. Daniel Blake and Elizabeth DeMeyer tasted different breeds of chestnuts for market research. For both of them, it was their first bite. It's hard to compare them to like anything else, really. Like, I don't think I've ever tasted anything like that. Yeah, I mean, they're, they're sweet. The, the texture sort of threw me off because I didn't know what to expect, but yeah. they're good. Yeah. I like them. Promoters hope people will like the flavor so much they will eat them roasted or in recipes like chestnut dressing, hummus, and even chili. Chestnut farming doesn't require expensive equipment like combines and can be profitable on a lot less than the thousands of acres needed to make money on row crops like corn and soybeans. Greg Heindelsman is a chestnut farmer in Lewiston, Missouri. He says they offer a living on as little as five acres, compared to a row crop farm that would require hundreds, if not thousands, of acres to support a family. If you only have a thousand pounds an acre, the figure is right around six thousand dollars an acre. Now, granted, all of that isn't profit. You've got some establishment costs and some maintenance as it goes along, but that's still a whole lot better than I can do in grain. <laughs> And Heindelsman says his chestnuts are doing so well, he is planning to take more acres out of corn production next year and plant more chestnut trees. Jonathan All, Harvest Public Media. Harvest Public Media is a collaboration of public media newsrooms in the Midwest and Great Plains, including IPR News, reporting on food systems, agriculture, and rural issues. This is here first from IPR News. Subscribe wherever you find your podcasts.